and it's truck nuts, but for your Crocs. Well, fuck yeah, dude! That's getting saved right there. Look at that. We're getting, we're getting, we're going places today. I love it, man. I love the Rex. You know. You know what else I love? Making a podcast with you, Me buddy. Too, buddy. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's get, let's get into the podcast Ooh. and break the chair while we're doing it. Uh, it probably changes setting or something. Who? I'm sorry. Doesn't no, that happen to you. It snaps out and then it kind of snaps back into place. It's weird. Snap me back into place in the Gearbuds podcast episode 151. I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hey. We're going to do the show that we do. Here's the Symphony of Corrections. We do this at the beginning of every show, every single week, into your earbuds. How do you listen to these, folks? Are you listening on car speakers? Are you listening on uh, your shower Bluetooth your hi-fi radio? with uh, Macintosh tubes? Tube, tube boys? How, how, do you, how, how are you doing it? Let us know. Uh, you can let us know those things at gearbuds at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this. Follow us on this stuff. I, you know what I didn't do? I didn't remind you that cable or tone tubes. I'm jumping all over the place. It's because I'm trying this new angle. You of have a new thing. height on your music stand. I don't think I like it. I'm going to try to go back to right. the, that's the, OG. the way it was. It and, uh, yeah, here we go. Let's shout out to the people who reach out. Matt Barber Kennedy, one of our favorite, favorite fans and friends and uh, just good folks. He reached out again on the Instagram, and I'm always delighted when he does because he wants to talk about uh, Gretches and really cool guitars and stuff. And and he he was he sent up some pretty sick picks. Actually, actually, I don't know if I've sent that to you. you Got to check it mm-hmm. out, Dave. Please. But it's just like a Gretch pick collection. I think he was selling one of his two double jets, if I remember correctly. So, anyways, go check him out on Instagram and stuff because he's an amazing artist that lives in Chicago. What was and, that green uh, sparkle one I sent you this week? It was like a. Um it was called like it was like an aged green sparkle. It was old. It was a fifty nine. Oh, or maybe even earlier, maybe fifty two or something. Oh man, what, what I can't remember what that was called. It had it, it had a cool name. Or it was silver, but then it was aged, so it was kind of like a greenish, mm-hmm. like a lime green hue. That, that looked really awesome. That was cool. a beautiful, beautiful instrument. So yeah, if you want to ever, you know, to ever talk about your stuff on the show, maybe send us a thing, uh, dude. I got to talk a little bit about. There's been a lot of really awesome stuff that's come out. Uh, around support for aid in Ukraine. Cool. And I just want to talk about a couple of them. First of all, I think I know I sent you one of these. Uh, Analog Man is doing a King of Tone auction where I don't know how long he's doing it. It's in, uh, you know, it's just you have to email Analog Man, Analog Mike himself uh, directly. But basically, you email a bid and then you can get a King of Tone, which is a pedal that you normally have to wait freaking years and spend a couple couple hundies to yeah. get uh painted like the ukrainian flag it was beautiful and yeah. so um i do i would imagine that's got to be like thousands of dollars right yeah. mm-hmm. but so if you're interested in that you can go email him uh he's got a detail for that on his instagram uh, also universal audio jumped in on this uh, as of today i mean they the, a couple days ago they released a press statement and um they have paused all sales in russia and belarus as well blocked all ip addresses from those countries and then uh wednesday march 16th so only a couple days after this episode comes out uh special they're doing a special ua giving day and on on that day all online store proceeds will be donated to humanitarian relief efforts for ukrainian people so awesome if you if you're thinking about buying universal audio stuff uh plugins do it on wednesday if you're listening to this on monday or Tuesday, and also Sound Toys. They did. They've already jumped in on this. They've they raised one hundred eleven thousand eight hundred fifty dollars, that which they sent across to uh, the Red Cross, uh, 
few different organizations uh, in Ukraine and provide a bunch of meals. And then also are still now moving forward, 100% of each of their radiator purchases, which is one of their plugins, will be donated to not-for-profit organizations as a way for Sound Toys customers to join in and helping. This will be an ongoing pledge. So it turns out like it's just going to be if you ever buy this plugin forever. That's great. It goes to... Well, I, I I would imagine hopefully you know this war doesn't last forever. So then in the future, yeah, we'll hopefully go to different it's causes. Short. So uh, I think that's pretty amazing. And yep. so uh, you know if you're interested in buying any plugins, now's the time, folks. So go do that. Oh, you know what, dude? I, I you know I don't know if I've even ever asked you this. Uh, do you play Do you play Wordle? Are you have you jumped on the Wordle wagon? I I guess I don't. I didn't understand it. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. And it's not an app, right? It's on a web page. Yeah, it's just, it, well, it was originally on another, I don't remember the link, and then it was bought by the New York Times, and now it's just hosted on their page. Long story short, I downloaded an app called Wordle, and it's a game, yeah. but it's not the same game, the same. I found out. So I deleted that, which it, that game gave me anxiety, so I deleted it anyways. Okay. And then I haven't played the new one, but uh, yeah, well, maybe you could show me how to play it. It's if you're into the word games, I don't think I need to sell you on it, folks. You've already tried it or like not. Word game. But the reason I bring it up, because I, I do play it, I've got, I've, I, I've, I've only missed a couple days in the last like almost three months at this point i do it's part of my morning routine now also part of my morning routine because uh, i believe actually uh who we featured last week or a couple weeks ago our friend sarah uh hipped me to something called hurdle which is it's sort of wordle setup where you get a few chances to like guess at something but it's snippets of a the beginning of a song that's cool and so uh the first you know to get it on the first guess you get the first one second of the song and like for a lot of songs that's just like crackling sounds or something mm-hmm. so interesting so i i have actually gotten one on on the first one because, i imagine they're fairly popular songs well that's you know dave i gotta be honest that's that's kind of the, the the main issue i have with it is that i don't like listen to much rihanna or i don't either yeah. you know um can you pick genres no it's all just whatever and, uh, and the answer is so far and i've done it for like the last week and it's yeah. been mostly that sort of stuff or like lol nas x or bieber or something like that um but there was one that i did get within on the first second and i am so proud of it was it nirvana it was miss jackson by outcast Ooh. And, and it just starts with that sample like sort of like on the turntable and i just for some reason i was like oh and like yep wow. that's miss jackson isn't that funny how fast it can trigger yeah, yeah that's cool so i i would, I would recommend it. i guess they give it a shot, give it a shot. Like, it's a, just a once a, once a day yeah, kind of thing i'd be bad if it's like what the kids are listening to these days yeah i don't yeah. know what the, kids the, the nice thing is that you can be like i think this is i think i've heard this it sounds like drake and you can like type drake into the thing and then it'll pull up some of his songs too so like okay. it helps you kind of along to guess if you don't know the names of songs that. or can like not come up with the names of songs you can always get to a guess pretty easily cool. i think but it also i've noticed it doesn't have like i was like oh i thought it was whatever song and i tried to search for a few different songs and like they weren't in their library so it is mm. sort of limited in that way i don't okay. know i don't know how it works but check it out dude you sent me this uh, i would say this is a bfi for sure uh, no, definitely. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got mixed up. This is a GFI, my friend. What did I send you? Uh, you sent me that Warm Audio has a studio now. Yeah, I thought that which was just really cool. pretty cool in Austin. Yeah, they opened a studio, uh, and I looked at it. It's 3,500 square feet uh, Studio A and Studio B, both designed around ATC monitors and SSL Delta consoles. So, That's cool. The, I mean, the amount of gear. If you look through the, I love web, the gear list. Is it was neat. Pretty sick. Yeah. And you said you didn't even realize they made pedals and such, right? I don't. I now I remember the one they have the uh, the a phaser pedal. Don't they? Have it like was a, it was a take on I believe the Jet King, right? Yes. Um. I I think I knew after I saw a picture of it. I was like, oh, I've definitely heard of that mm-hmm. one before. But yeah, they do make a couple pedals, right? 
Yeah, totally. But dude, check it out. So I was trying, I was looking at the website and it mentioned that they have something, they use something called session wire. And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I looked it up and it is a very cool piece of software, my friend. Tell me about it. Uh, session wire provides ultra low latency, bi-directional, studio quality live audio over the internet so you can work together with other musicians regardless of geographical location wow. what dude it's a freaking plug-in that you and the other person have to have like what so you know if you can use aax au or vst plugins with your daw you can use this software and then the other person has it and then it has video and audio high quality audio streaming back and forth so you can basically mix together you can record wow. together you can do all sorts of crazy stuff together over do the internet based on your internet connection that's fucking amazing yeah uh it's there's a 70 try i haven't tried this i literally just like a couple hours ago found this mm-hmm. um there's a seven day trial and so there's two different versions after that there's a free version which still allows you to use some of the limited functionality but then there's of course the paid version which is uh subscription based and it's not as expensive as i thought it would be it's either 15 monthly or 150 annually oh wow so that's not I bad mean, at i all. think for any 15 bucks a month yeah, and, yeah, or 150 annually. You know, right. That's two free months. Any studio, I imagine, would want to have this yeah. set up because then, yeah, I mean, people aren't together anymore. And and it also the nice thing about it is it's, it also creates a community. So not only is it effective if you if you're already trying to solve this problem, but it also now gives you access to a bunch of different people that maybe you know you could you hadn't been able to collaborate with before because of the community built around Session Wire itself. Absolutely. I'm- that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about it. So I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check it out. Pretty excited about that, dude. You know what I'm not excited about? Well, I'm I'm excited to talk about it on here because it's freaking ridiculous. We got a BFI. But I'm not excited about it because it's a BFI. Do you remember LimeWire? Yeah. Did you of ever course. use LimeWire? Yeah. yeah. I think for maybe perhaps our younger listeners who weren't uh, internet uh, music pirates as we were, LimeWire was one of those Net or Napster or Kazaa came out right after Napster, things, I think, right? uh, where you could illegally download music Mm -hmm. and my friend LimeWire's back but it might not be what you think because LimeWire is relaunching as a mainstream ready digital collectible marketplace for art and entertainment initially focusing on music LimeWire is now an NFT marketplace I was just gonna say (laughs) oh man I mean how perfect is that from one scam to another scam I mean can you believe that dude um doesn't surprise me. Its but. backers believe that it will be a place for artists and fans to create and sell digital trinkets without the technical hurdles of the current NFT landscape. Okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> LimeWire, dude. What is Kazaa going to come back as a fucking right. replacement for Kazaa. back pages? Yeah. Or uh, BearShare is going to be um, you know, a new uh, sports gambling uh, application? Got to jump on the bandwagon, man. Unbelievable. I get it. Let's go buy up all those stupid old names of all the stupid old Kazaa Light and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kazaa Plus Plus. And I think my favorite was Audio Galaxy. Did you ever use that one? No, I don't think so. Audio Galaxy was the first one I think that provided, but might, you know, there might have been another, but the, the first that I used that provided recommendations based on what you downloaded too. Ooh. So it was like, and this was, you know, this was probably, I would imagine like, when I, you know, late nineties, early two thousands when I was using this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was, I remember actually how I got hipped to, uh, the strokes first album. 
Really? I downloaded something and then it was, and then it recommended this the, this new thing, the Strokes, and yep. then I downloaded the whole album. It took like a whole freaking week to download the whole thing. <laughs> I remember that. And then I was obsessed with Is This It. Yeah. I mean, I still am, but uh, it, oh, that was yeah. those Turn those good old days. But anyways, man, freaking LimeWire. Yeah, uh, I remember that you could download cool. like one song at a time would be like the way to do it. Oh, yeah. Like, trying to get a whole album was unheard of. Like, no, what like, do you no, think? Really? I had a T1 connection yeah, at home? Yeah. I was rocking that <laughs> dial-up 144K, baby. Damn right, man. Was, we had to upgrade to the 56. Yep. Oh, that horrible screeching sound, which I miss. I'll never forget it. No, there's a the Museum of Endangered Sound on the internet. Oh, that's right. That has all that kind of stuff. I bet on there's there. some kind of like little app you could download to make it do that every time you you know open Chrome or something like that. It'd be pretty funny. Oh, dude. They're pretty cool. And uh, do one more or two more things I want to mention. This, one of this actually, this is perfect for the symphony because this is an update on something that we talked about previously. Do you remember when we were talking about Red Rocks and how they, and along with a bunch of other venues, were gonna start using that weird palm scanning technology to like we did talk get people about that. in yeah well it turns out my friend that uh protesting works because activists and artists including fight for the future tom morello kathleen hannah from bikini kill pressured the denver arts and venues uh society whoever they are to refrain from using it this you know made by amazon it's called the amazon one oh, man. and they bailed on it. They they said so. They're like, uh, all right, we're not doing it. The quote is, "We haven't been in contact with Amazon in several months, and this is and this is no longer a planned activation at Red Rocks." Uh, this is from the Denver Arts and Venues Marketing Communications Director Brian Kitts. I'm not sure what the future of this technology is, but at this point, it doesn't involve our venue. So Good. it turns out, if you if you don't like something and you want to raise a stink, sometimes yeah. people will listen. Kind of loved that. Yeah, that's cool. I don't have to scan my weird palm boy at the. I, in some ways, I don't mind. Like, I don't care. Like, if you scan my phone or something, but it's there's something weird about it that it's like it's got to be my hand. Well, I I mean, I remember they took my palm for when I got a TSA pre-check. Yeah, sure. And, and, but that's fine. I agree. You to chose that, that. and yeah. I chose it, and I paid the fee. And right. I knew the consequences. Or if you get booked or something like that, they take your handprint. You know, totally. But uh, yeah, for some, just to get in to see your band, like your favorite band, that would be fucked up. Wild, especially. I mean, please like Red Rocks. I don't know. I know, right? This last thing I want to mention is interesting. This is just like a little off the cuff thing I mentioned. Uh, I think I, I think I mentioned it to you. I noticed Reverb is providing a little more information to its buyers. That's right. On certain, I don't know if it's across the board, but I noticed now that you can see views of a, a certain item. That's a new edition. watchers and how many offers it's received well, if it's accepting offers. Well, they've had offers and watchers for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but the views thing the views is, is like, it, so it's just, that shows you like, oh, is this a brand new listing? How yeah. long has this been chilling on the site? Because they don't get, they used to give that information when it was listed and it no longer is available. Yeah, they don't show that anymore. Uh-huh. I was looking for that the other day to show you something. I was like, oh, this thing's been listed yeah. for years. How long is it? But they no, they got rid of they that, which that I think is probably a pro seller move. Because it makes your yeah. your stash seem a little less dusty. Well, if something's like this has been up for sale for five years, yeah. someone's gonna be like, "Well, what's wrong with it?" Right. But now, as you can sort of back into that information in some ways, I guess. But it's, if especially if it's something sort of like esoteric and not very popular, the views might be super low, even if it's been around for a long time. Did you see if it was for all items? I don't think it has been. I, th- and I think I think it's been sort of something that might they might just be testing, maybe. Or they might leave it up to the seller too. Maybe the seller if, doesn't want. You know, someone. yeah, that's true. I haven't I haven't listed anything in a minute, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a part of my about to start the new job rush has been like checking so many things off my to do list, and I've been like just like dreading listing all the stuff in that room. But maybe it's time, and now I'll see freaking uh, if Reverb's letting us select for ourselves. Let me know. Dual dual experimentation. My friend, my buddy, it's time. Is it time? For us 
to do the thing that we like to do. And I get to say the things that I like to say. And those things are Dave's Docs. So I was. Uh, get your phone out, bud. Get some notes. What do you got? I was a little disappointed. What happened? This week. Why? My Dave's Doc. What's wrong? I just didn't like it. You didn't like the movie? I didn't like the movie. What did you see? <laughs> I didn't like the movie, mommy. Um, Can we change it? So, well, I didn't watch what I intend to watch because I'm actually staying home with the lady this weekend and I will be watching. Are you going to watch the Kanye doc? I'm going to watch Kanye doc. I watched the week. first two episodes. I didn't want to watch, be like, I've got to watch this all in one night yeah. or two nights. It's, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. It's like three, three hour episodes it's or three, three 90 minute episodes. Yeah. So that's a good. That's and a good I've watched. Time. Yeah, like I said, the first two. Um, you know, I, maybe I'll do that today. No, I'm, I'm gonna watch to Drive to Survive today. But anyways, we're okay. going off way too far off the tangent. Oh, what do you got for us? What did you watch? Speaking of uh, not illegally downloading things, oh. I paid for this film. Oh no, on Amazon. Yes, it was five dollars. Was it Band Slam? It wasn't Band Slam. <laughs> no, I finally watched. I finally got around to watching this, and it's it's been out for like a year. It's the Ronnie Wood documentary. Somebody, somebody up there likes me. Oh, I've seen that as a thing, but I have not watched. You didn't like it, dude. Well, now right off the bat, there's a weird thing about it. What's wrong? The title on Amazon is "Someone Up There Likes Me." Okay. The artwork says, and like the title on IMDb is "Somebody Up There Likes Me." Okay. But I wonder if there was a lawsuit issue because "Somebody Up There Likes Me" is like an old like love movie, like a love story movie from the fifties. Also, they had to change the name, and then they've remade it a few times. It's like a rom com thing. Interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, that was a little strange. So it was very hard to kind of just understand what's going on here. And I would say the movie carried over in the same fashion that they didn't know what was going on with the title and they also didn't really know what was going on with the but movie. But is, is it just a documentary about Ron Wood's life? Like, what is it? It jumps around so much, man. It's um, They get into the early stuff, you know, but it's just, it was weird. It was weird. It, it didn't cover enough for me. It was short, first of all. It was okay. an hour long. Oh, well, usually that's not the worst thing in the I world. I usually like it, yeah. but you've got to put a lot into it then. You know what I mean? So this was this, but this was a, a modern, you said this came out like a year ago yeah, or something. Yeah, it came out like a year and ago. It, and, so, and all the content's relatively new? Yeah, so it kind of goes from him being interviewed and he's in like his artist studio because he's really into painting. Oh. Um, yeah, he actually I did. No idea. For the last tour that they did, I think that was just last summer or whatever, he was doing all of the set lists. And this is actually cool. You could buy them and the money would go to like a charity or something like that. So he would paint them up like it would be like, no you know, sympathy for the devil. And it would be all written all cool and like what key it's in and the order of the songs. And then he would do artwork like if it was in Miami, they would do like he did like palm trees off to the side. Dude, I kind of wonder how much those things go for. Yeah, I don't think they were cheap. I think they were like penny. And I think they were prints like they would copy them. and make Oh, prints. OK, sure. Uh, but I think they would auction the originals or the money from those went to the uh, the uh Two auctions. I don't know what it went to. Ringo Starr. Uh, there's Ringo Starr art. That's it's like, like it's a lot yeah. like that. And actually, the style's not far off either. Yeah, it's kind of funny you mentioned. They that. They should do a little uh, collaborative show. Did you know he only has one lung? What? Yeah, he got Ronnie a, one lung wood. He got a he got a lung removed. Dude, from, one lung would be a sick nickname. That is a sick name. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Got a lung removed. What, why? What happened? Um, Smoking. Yeah. Oh, Just shit. Uh, emphysema in one lung. They had to take it out. When was that? I, they didn't really get into specifics, oh. but it kind of opened with him talking about that. And I was like, well, that's, it was like in the beginning of my notes. I'm like, well, I guess I'll write that down. There was some good gear spotting. Love it. Um, he's holding a, a 50 Strat in the interview, mm. which looks way too clean. It almost either looks like a reissue. Burst, two, two color. It's the, yeah, two, two-tone sunburst, white pickguard. And it was uh, maple. But it was very like, it looked too nice. So it, I think it's one of his like custom shops mm. or like, you know, reissues. Sure. Um, I mean, if anybody's going to have a super clean 50s. Yeah strats maybe him and then there was modern yeah that was kind of his thing right the 50 strat and well yeah, i mean he strat. plays tellies and, and he plays, plays a lot of the actually uh caught a good 
shot of him playing one of those Ampeg. Uh, All the Dan Armstrong. The Dan Armstrong boys. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that was in oh, like 72. He looks so cool with those. With uh, Faces, he played that guitar. Oh, man. Yeah. At least in that one video. I think he had different guitars for every show. I, yeah. I will say I noticed something that I've never seen before, especially since I've been looking at a lot of Les Pauls lately, and I don't know what's going on with this, but it was a recent thing of him performing um, probably from a year or two ago, and he's playing a Black Beauty, but it only has two knobs. Really? Mm-hmm. And and it's an old one? It, no, it, I don't know. It, that's the thing I couldn't tell. It didn't look old. It looked like a newer one. Weird. I wonder if he just gets rid of the tone knobs or what, what's going on Maybe there, Maybe they're push-pull. I have no idea. Dude, I, I want to see this photo. Or Is it a video? Yeah, yeah. and it, he's performing with, I forget her name, but she's this Irish singer, and um, she's amazing. She's like mm-hmm. a blues singer. Really, at the at the core of everything, he's always been a blues guy. So like his all of his side projects are super bluesy and everything. Um, and he's playing with her on stage. I don't know. I just I caught a glimpse of it, and I was like, oh, cool, Black Beauty. Weird. And then I was like, whoa, it has two knobs. That's cool. It's, it's got to look strange. It looked really weird. Once I saw it, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. It's missing something. Um, fucking cool, man. Does it so? I've got. Does it have Stones music in it? Does yes, it, have all it, the it has real the. Stuff? It has the music. A lot of interviews with uh, Mick Jagger. Okay, you know, and it's it's current. Yeah. You know, it's not like from back in the day. Well, what didn't you like about it? I, I feel like you were, you you were pretty lukewarm or worse about when we walked in, and I feel like everything you're saying so far sounds kind of interesting. I'm making it sound way cooler. I think there were yeah. there were pockets of it where they talked about like I didn't know this. Um, he was in the Jeff Beck group, which I knew yeah. that, and then that had Rod on vocals. Yes, they were under um, Peter Grant. Oh, be- really? Before Led Zeppelin. Oh, no way. And they talked about what a badass Peter Grant is, and he's even in this interview talking about how he'd like bring a gun like everywhere he went, oh, which yeah. was kind of famous for in Zeppelin yeah. too. But like people would like argue about money and he would just be like, you want to argue with this? And he would just like pull his gun out. Check out this <laughs> thing like hanging such, out of my such a goon. And actually like that belt. was, that was kind of the thing back in those days. Um, especially in that, in that area was, you know, the rough and tumble area of like the UK where they were playing around and mm. stuff was that there were like mob, like mobs ran bands. What, they, what might they have sounded like uh, for the folks living in that part of the town? Well, you come talk to me little friend. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm going to make it a running bit where I'm going to try to get you to do a British accent every single we'll week. We'll see. In I, there's only a few things because God, you're so good at it, and it just delights me to no end. So this <laughs> yeah, is, just, and and I I, I, I feel like I offend our listeners from the UK. It's okay. Every time. There's you know there are some out there, but maybe or maybe they're just happy to be featured uh, in our illustrious program. So okay, so but. Uh, Hold on, there's a cool thing here with the Peter Grant thing. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, th- I'm not done with you, bud. Yeah, tell uh, me some Peter Grant stuff. Check this out. So Peter Grant didn't like uh, Rod Stewart and Ronnie, so they fired him from the band. Jeff Beck finds his own band. As of didn't like him as a person or as a musician? Yeah, no, just as like a, as people. They just they didn't get along. Okay. Um, he fires him. Yeah, he did like, he liked Rod Stewart's voice. That was the hard thing. He was huh. like, dude, he's such a unique voice. Like, we got to keep this guy around. Yeah, no kidding. But he didn't. They fired him. Jeff Beck got his own band. They went to the U.S. They fucking totally broke up. Like, the band didn't last, dissolved came back he wanted to hire them back and he was like i'll give you i think they were making 500 a week and then uh ronnie wood's like we'll do it for 3000 a week like fuck you and he hired him back for a bit and then obviously i imagine he didn't want to pay him that much so Mm -hmm. he's like fuck you so they broke up that's when they started faces dang back then that's a pretty penny too he's a pretty penny twice today but before that happened grant actually wanted um he wanted ronnie wood to be in the new yardbirds Okay. Which became Led Zeppelin. Yeah, well, of course. But he was going to be like, think about this. He would. There would have been no Jimmy Page, at least in that in Led Zeppelin, had he joined that band. He just wasn't interested. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Well, because I mean, in, originally in the Yardbirds, Page was playing bass, anyways. Right. 
Uh, this was called the New Yardbirds, yeah. which was like you know, like the form after. But they had yeah. you know Robert Plant and everything. Yeah, so it was like oh, shit. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty crazy story. I don't think I would have liked Led Zeppelin nearly as much. Yeah, me either. I do like Ronnie Wood though. Yeah, he's great. He's an excellent lead guitar player. And in fact, they talked about when uh, Faces kind of dissolved. So the cool thing that I thought was as soon as Brian Jones died, I'll get into the Stones a little bit. Uh-huh. When Brian Jones died, they always kind of knew uh, Ronnie Wood. He was always in like a studio next to him rehearsing. They would let him rehearse like in their basement, whatever. He saw them in 1963. Okay. And, and was like, I want to join that band. Wow. So that was kind of a cool thing. So uh-huh. they've always kind of been in the, in the same circles. And then, um, you know, Mick Taylor quit the band after uh, Brian Jones died. Mick Taylor mm-hmm. joined. He quit the band for no reason. He was, I think he was just tired, but he was like, I'm fucking out of here. I know very little about all any of that kind of stuff, honestly. Yeah, like the, he toured with happened. them. Like the big US 72 tour was like the biggest party okay. on earth. Like they were just all drugged out. Um, he was on that tour. And then I think in 74, 75, he quit. Two mix in one band. That's just a bit much. It's a lot, right? Mick Taylor. And, you know, I actually got it's to see to him. Up with. He came to United Center and played with them when I saw him in 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, he did okay. Wait, so uh, right, I want to keep hearing about this, but I have a question. Is, yeah. I feel like I've heard before that Ronnie Wood is still sort of like not an official member of the Rolling Stones. No, I wouldn't say that at all. No? Like no. that he's like still kind of like a hired... Well, Remember? I think since Brian Jones left, I think they've always looked at the other guitar player as, you know, having to like jo- prove themselves to kind of join mm-hmm. the band. And yeah, of course, it's, you know, Keith and Mick, really, you know, um, and Charlie Watts, obviously, yeah. you know, RIP. And there were some good interviews with him, too, man. Such a charming fellow. Yeah. I miss him so much. Probably sad. Yeah, it was. Anyways, yeah. No, that Dude, was I've got to be thing. honest. You, you've made me kind of want to see this, which is why it's confusing. So what I didn't like about it was the pacing. Um, I didn't like... I, I like I wanted more. I just I felt like it could have been two hours. Like oh, they just they just sure. didn't. They talked about faces for like a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and they really got into. I think they spent almost half the movie talking about like drinking and stuff and like how he's sober now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But they really had to interview like his sponsors and like they interview sure. all these people. And you're kind of like, we get it. You know, they partied hard. That feels like something you could talk about for a minute instead of or thirty seconds That's, versus the faces. And that know? got that got kind of like preachy to me a little bit. Yeah. And I was just kinda of like, look, we know he was partying hard. I mean, he talked about like he brought free base to which is basically crack mm. to a fucking party and everyone's like, dude, you're crazy, but like let me try it. And he got like all these people like to do it and shit. And he just didn't think he was doing anything wrong. And he said that was the hardest shit he ever had to quit. Um but he can't even have like one drink. Like yeah. he can't even have like a glass of wine. Well, maybe wine, but like you know, a mm-hmm. beer. So he was, you know, a big time addict. And they talked about that for way too long in the movie. So I, at the end, I was kind of like, I wanted more about the band, like the experience playing. Yeah. He did talk a little bit like Keith talked a little bit about him joining the Stones. And like they kind of hated each other from the start. Not hated, but like the two rivals. alpha males yeah, kind of sure. going for the same role. And but he said, like, we're best friends. Like we can say anything to each other. We've gotten in fights where we just ended up laughing because we were like wrestling on the floor mm-hmm. like just being idiots, you know, so. Um, they've always had that strange bond, you know. That's cool. You can't. That's you can't. I mean, can't buy that in the store. Yeah, yeah. So, I appreciated the interviews with the uh, with the guys. There was a lot of music, some good live live footage, mm-hmm. but the story kind of jumped all over the place. I wanted to hear at least more about like when he was a kid, you know, just kind of growing up and like this and that. What was your favorite guitar you saw in the whole thing? Ooh, they had this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I hated the way it looked, mm. but for most of the movie, and I didn't talk about this yet. He's playing this 12 string. It looks like mahogany or it's stained like that color. Um, it's an acoustic 12 string mm-hmm. and it has a heart shaped sound hole. Oh, yeah. 
And it with like, like a trim. Daisy Rock. It looks or like a Valentine's like card. I'm sure it's some high end, you know, uh-huh. whatever. But he's playing it and he's doing some scenes where he's recording like some of his new songs. I think part of it was a promo for like some a new, new songs record. Yeah. So he's playing and he's singing Annoyment. It's pretty cool. But he's playing this thing and it sounded pretty fucking good. And I mean, obviously, he made it sound good. His bone tone, you know, all day. God, he's got all that all day. Bone but uh, tone. if you looked at a picture of this thing, you'd be like, "That is a, a strange choice of a, a guitar." A dad twelve, but I bet you, like he said, I'm sure it sounds good. Yeah, and he played it good. But mm-hmm. he's very, very blues inspired. I guess I didn't know enough about that. I had no idea. Any it's of that like stuff. his his favorite. But all those guys, in a lot of ways, you know, they all they all come from that little, mm-hmm. little British musicians. American blues. <laughs> So Twice I went. In one. I went kind of hard in the paint on the rating. I wanted. I want. I'm going to dial it up another how half. Many, how many tongues? I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a solid seven out of ten feathered fashion mullets. Oh, that's better than I thought. I had a six point five. Yeah. You talked me into okay. extra extra half a point. Yeah, it's. I mean, just, uh, you generally felt felt from between positive to lukewarm, and I would somebody, never, it never got bad. Somebody up there or someone up there likes me. We don't have a name officially for the movie. I guess could he be either one? Just just look up Ronnie Wood or don't. Is it worth five dollar rental? Go watch any one of the other Dave's docs. They were probably better than this. Yeah, I think so. We should put a list somewhere so people can just decide. Yeah, hey, you know what? I want to watch this. All right, well, good cool. one, man. All right. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm never, I'm never going to watch that. Yeah, I do want you to see that guitar though. We should look that up later. I do want to see the guitar. Also, you got to, you mentioning Jeff Beck got me to thinking how I'd like to watch a Jeff Beck documentary. Mm-hmm. I've watched some stuff on YouTube partially because I know he's a crazy car guy, and I would like to just see stuff about that too is he i did not know that jeff beck is a massive car and he's been on the cover of car and driver and all those types of magazines for years and his he's very it's he's very i can't remember his classics yeah yeah those old timey but like then turns them into hot rod type deals so that was dave's docs folks thanks for that one buddy yeah let's get a little future gear here uh i've got to just quickly mention something maybe not too quickly but talk about a little bit uh, I got a new pedal this week. It's a funky little friends. machine. And it was not only something that I've wanted to get because, as Dave and I talked about before, it's something that I couldn't make sound good the first time around and I wanted to try it again. Also, I'm going to be honest with you, it was just kind of an excuse because I hadn't made a deal in my new car yet. So I just like wanted an excuse <laughs> to like go drive somewhere and sure. I needed to go. It was a nice drive up the lake. So uh, that was the other part of it. But folks, bearing the lead, I got the Hologram Electronics infinite jets resynthesizer pedal mm-hmm. and when i when you walked in to my home i was playing that today and i was and i'm i still have i'm having a hard time taming it i gotta be honest i don't quite exactly yeah 100 know how to make it do all the things i wanted to do that's yet. where i'm at with it too just watching you do it yeah. i don't know i wouldn't know where to start but um to find a level where you're like all right let's take it all the way out and then let's just like dial it in a little bit. Yeah. So if, if if anybody doesn't know, it's basically sort of a this kind of granular looper sort of thing where it catches little parts of your playing, and then you can either treat it sort of like an electroharmonics freeze pedal where you just create little pads and like swells and synth, or it does these crazy glitchy sounds. It also has a synthesizer engine built in where it does weird crazy sweep sounds and such there are a couple of things i really like about it one first of all it has a full analog dry through so i mean it, it, at its core it's a digital you know synthesizer thing going on there's crazy dsp happening but the signal path is always analog so you can maintain that and it has a knob dedicated always to your dry guitar sound so at any time you can have zero guitar all the way up past you know like turn into boost 
level, but you know, yeah. I leave it at Unity a lot of the time. And then it has another what I think it's labeled as drive knob, and so it basically has like crazy distortion built into it, which has been super fun and not something I would have expected in a kind of in a kind of pedal like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm very excited about. It. If any of you folks have ever used that Infinite Jest, maybe why don't you drop us a little line and tell me how to get to it? Because <laughs> the thing is, it has basically as we were talking about, it has like four distinct modes that do and sound completely differently and, and the way the knobs do things are different so it's like i i've actually really had to read the manual and once i, I at first i plugged it in and i could make it do some okay yeah. stuff i was like what's happening and then i was like i don't know this might have been a mistake read the manual a bit more i was like oh these are all the things yeah. that are going on this is why i couldn't make it do that and then now i'm starting to slowly but surely come around on figuring it out yeah i've always had the idea that like you should just turn everything up right away, like just to see like what it can do. Turning but, all the knobs up to ten on this does not get you right. where you want to be. But even think. like one at a time or something. Yeah. But like just to be like, all right. But sometimes you have to dial in, you know, very specifically really certain do. things to to get where you want. And, to be. and in the manual, it even says like, okay, start here, put the knobs here, and then and like this is like this, this will give is you an understanding flat or whatever, yeah, uh, to, of, of what it does here. Okay, now turn it to here and see notice what the difference is. It actually kind of does this sort of tutorial walkthrough, which is really smart and for something like that because it's. You know, looking at it, it's uh, it can be a little, it doesn't have that many knobs and switches and stuff, but it is there's just something sort of intimidating about not knowing what the hell's going on mm-hmm. with it, and it's got three foot switches, and it's like, why does one say A and one say B? I don't even know. Have you watched the YouTube videos? They're oh yeah, that that was really what got you started. What got it? me? What made me decide to want to get it? Because it's this pedal been off for some at least several years now, mm-hmm. and uh, I was interested when I first saw YouTube video. Tried it out when I worked at the old CME and could not make it do a damn thing. Right. cool and i was like this pedal stinks but i don't maybe i stink and then now that i've actually bought one for myself i kind of feel like yeah maybe i did just stink and didn't. It, it's it's not something there are something piece of gear that you can get and instantly it's like hell yeah right. this is the coolest thing ever and i think this one you, you kind of have to take the time to get to know it a little bit but yeah. it's been fun and it 100 does things that i've never gotten from other pedals so it's it's not like something that you could even just be like oh i'll just replace it with this it does a lot of really unique stuff so will it be in the chain or are you gonna what i've been doing the the most i've just been plugging it straight into the kemper and then having fun with that yeah it kind of it seems to like that environment i when you got here when dave got here i had it plugged into my you know dual amp setup in the living room and and that was cool too but uh in a different way and a little more sort of like i i think i prefer it with cleaner sounds so far and that was kind of you know i just get a little that tube grind that Mm -hmm. wasn't my favorite with it but we'll see i don't know uh, I'm happy I have it, and I can't imagine getting rid of it anytime soon. When friend. you told me you were getting, when you when you told me you bought something this yeah. week, I had two two ideas. Yeah, what were they? So it was the, uh, well, either V drums. Oh, sure. Just out of just out of nowhere. We've talked about them. Or, uh, that pedal you sent me maybe two weeks ago. It was like a synth pedal, but I think it was out in Aurora. Wait, what was it? It was like a weird synth. Uh, no, uh, it was kind of like a bit synth pedal. It was like really wild. It did some wild shit. Oh I, yeah, I was, was like, like some sort of like custom t- weird like noisemaker. There was kind a of video pedal. on it though. Yeah, and, right. Um, that was cool, but I yeah, that's what I thought no, it was. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't that one. Yeah, yeah, that thing was wacky. Oof, oof, no, not 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 for me. Well, there's a couple more pieces of gear that came out this week or were announced this week. Did you see all of the Fender stuff that got announced? Mm-mm. No, Fender they just announced a bunch. Of has stuff. unveiled its 2022 Prestige Collection. Which you may recall is when the master builders get to each create guitars with absolutely no rules or boundaries. I love that. 
and they're very spendy boys, but yeah. and there's only one of each one, but oh, there's some crazy cool ones. Buddy. Damn it, I didn't see this. Yeah, I, I thought, remember I last year. I honestly about thought it. you would have seen these. Yeah. Um, the, I'll tell you my t- my two favorites. Paul Waller, one of the you know custom shop master builders, made a, it's called the Prestige St. John Skeleton Telecaster. And what it is, it's a telly, and it's got this, and, and it was done with uh, in collaboration. Um, this artist named David Kassan, and it's a it's basically a black telly. It's black over graffiti yellow, and you see that start to like sort of come through around the edges, which is it look it's it kind of sounds bad when I'm saying, but it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that is this this like stunning painting, which I would imagine is of this prestige saint or the saint john skeleton it's an actual skeleton on the front but like painted over pickguard and body and it looks it i mean it's it's in the it's in a very sort of realistic style but it's still clearly you know the the work of a painter and it looks absolutely phenomenal oh shit and then my other favorite and you're going to be excited about this one a vincent von tricht which i think he does mostly bass stuff made a 52 peacock p bass okay and it's just a really dope p bass with this really dope peacock on it shit man yeah like almost like the paisley finish but with like peacock feathers like you know like a like a looks like just like an, an animal oh the animal the peacock yeah, is on it's there. it's crazy really? it's it's gore it's beautiful that's cool but it like still looks old too it's dude it's awesome okay i'm i'm am absolutely in love with that thing wow and you know we've been talking about those old p bases a lot lately yeah too, that's so. that's that's always in the queue that's <laughs> <laughs> it's always in the queue. But dude, not only that, they also announced in partnership with Mattel, Fender has unveiled 16 brand new Masterbuilt guitars inspired by Hot Wheels. No way. Yes. Our worlds are colliding. The, I know, dude. And so there's familiar, you know, strats and tellies and P bases, but also they did like a katana. And uh, it, this is basically sort of like the this year's version of that last year when they did that uh, Surf Green collection. The Hot Wheels collection cool. is the one this year, and there's a couple of really cool things. I mean, some of the guitars, a lot they, of flames. They, there's a lot of flames, a lot of sort of like matte finishes and sort of, you know, uh, interesting takes on metal parts. But e- what they did was each builder was given a Hot Wheel, mm-hmm. and right. then they built the guitar inspired around that. And then in the case, you get that cool. Hot Wheel that they That's were really given cool. that inspired the original build. I love that, which is pretty. Are nice. these, these are one offs, right? Also one offs. Yeah. Also, I would imagine in the you know the cheapest ones probably like twenty grand ten something. plus yeah. something you know um, at least five figures I would imagine, but um, still honestly I was kind of impressed by both collections the the Hot Wheels ones are honestly there are none of those that I would be like oh I actually want to buy that the two that I mentioned from yeah. the Prestige collection would be like if 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 had the fu money I would I would have them they're gorgeous nice. I did, I'm on to ask did you did you play with Hot Wheels when you were a kid Yes absolutely yeah I had big the Hot tracks. Wheels guy Oh really yeah I had the tracks I had the um my favorite car in my Hot Wheels collection was a it was like a seventy probably like a seventy two Camaro Z twenty eight or something okay. like that but the big drag wheels on the back uh, and like sure. the engine sticking out of the hood and all that shit so, Supercharger big blower on it Yeah that was my favorite Dang dude it was like a Baja whatever you should get you should do you still have it oh, i don't know maybe. maybe maybe a mom and dad's house toys are like man my parents would garage sale when oh I was yeah like at college and shit so all that check ebay gone. see if you can find that i know it'd be boy. cool to have it cool again. to have on your yeah, desk probably like hundreds of dollars or something yeah right exactly who knows that's like the one that you wish you had kept around Were you a hot wheels guy 
I mean, a little bit. I had a few, but like I had, you know, some friends and neighbors that had the tracks and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was, I, I didn't have like a huge collection of those in terms, in terms of like collectible figures and such. I was definitely like hard turtles guy. I feel like, wait, now I'm trying to think. I think it was, yeah, it was Hot Wheels, but they used to have rubber tires. The one I had had actual rubber tires. So there's, on. there were Hot Wheels and there were Matchbox cars. Maybe it was Matchbox. Though. And I believe that the story is, is that Hot Wheels won the battle because almost, I mean, partially for a number of reasons but one of the reasons is because they had the better rubber tires on right. them or something like that i think i, I i've i've watched something about because like before. the newer hot wheels they have like those giant wheels on them and stuff they haven't always had that right? i don't know honestly i, I have I've not kept that. up with the the hot wheels world yeah. too much but fender has apparently damn all right we're gonna get to the main meat of the show today okay and that we're gonna talk about signature artist models love it if anybody doesn't know let's just get let's just quickly establish what what is what is a signature artist model it's well basically an artist and a brand get paired you you establish a brand name luthier with famous player specific technical preferences with their pickup choices and paint and all that sort of stuff and then they have their that thing this is something that's existed for like over a hundred years you know it's not new to us in this like modern gear world there were signature instruments for people long before electric guitars but i think we can all agree that in 1952 friends yeah when gibson released a certain lester yeah that was that was kind of thing and when we think about signature artist instruments let's call it like it is dave it's pretty much been historically all white dudes got signature Hmm. artist instruments interesting i mean think about through the list of uh, the first ones you know like obviously we talked about les paul but then there's the first fenders you know which are clapped and ingve you can go down the list for jeff beck uh, yeah i mean it wouldn't be very hard for us to run down a list of all the white dudes that got and and that it makes sense because in that time and place like that was most of the famous musicians not totally true but there that was most of them mm-hmm. there were some black men that got like buddy guy muddy waters jimmy hendrix they've gotten their own instruments but noticeably missing throughout all of this are women there were mm-hmm. almost no signature female signature artist instruments like for a long time yeah no, there wasn't i so i did some research on this because i feel like honestly like representation this sort of thing is important i was like i got to, and and then turns out there are people other people obviously have talked about this too and i found a couple articles about it but uh when you when you start to look at this we're going to go back to fender it looks like fender was kind of the first uh, when they gave bonnie Raitt her signature strat when was that that was in the 90s i don't know exactly what year it was, but it was certainly i would my guess would be like early early 90s i think yeah. is when that one which is out. early for the fender line of signature models yeah exactly because the clapton and the clapton was like were in the 80s or they were a bit early, yeah but Something not like not that. not long right. before that there were there were more too like in the 2010s uh bc rich released alita ford signature warlock cool there was um i found examples of cheryl crow's uh there's Gib- uh, cheryl crow gibson acoustic avril lavigne these were important the squire she had a squire telecaster and new porter chrissy hines telecaster there was also taylor swift's big baby taylor acoustic and then i think that kind of brings us to the in, in my mind the sort of most important current or to this point uh signature artist for a woman and that's the uh, annie clark saint vincent stuff oh god because not only are those guitars just amazing now you actually see so many artists that it aren't just like saint vincent fans just it's a badass guitar yes that like people are wanting to play well, that guitar was an original design correct i think i think so for yeah i don't part. know what yeah really i can't imagine 
Maybe there was some weird, you know, freaking 60s German something that's the, or other. That's the Ernie Ball, right? Ernie Ball, yeah, exactly. But they've always done weird stuff. Like, they've always totally. been, like, the Big Al, remember that That's thing? a good point. I honestly don't know what established, like, if she designed that body or if, if they sort of had, if that was something that they already had. Because, like, they've got that weird Albert Lee signature where it's like, I think they just made that body already. That wasn't, like, his idea. Yeah. You know, so I'm not, I'm actually yeah, not sure about that one. Um, but so I found an article, actually, where Fender... Uh, Fender's senior vice president of marketing, uh, this guy Matthew Watts, actually talked about this recently. And uh, quote, he said, when players see themselves in the artists we spotlight, it inspires them and opens up a world of possibility for their future in music. It also, it's also up to us to take a leadership position in ensuring that female artists and players are properly represented in the world of guitar. Uh, he explained that in order to determine, I didn't know this part, <clears throat> who, like no matter who it is, when a Fender, when Fender determines which artists get signature models, yep. they have three factors that they uh, consider authenticity, creative, innov- creativity, innovation, and influence. So obviously like they have to think they're real. They have to sort of think that they're doing something worth worthwhile, but then also they have an audience. They don't want to just, you yeah. know, select someone to have a signature model. That's just like, well, no one's got to sell. No one's listening yeah. because it's a product at the yeah. end of the day. You're right. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Fender wants to partner with musicians who already swear by their gear also. Um, you know, and, and I hadn't really thought about this one either, but we talked about it a little bit on the show. I think it was the super bowl two years ago, but you, you'll recall, or maybe last year, uh, it wasn't this past one where uh her played at halftime her i don't know if yeah. it's her and that's that's ridiculous like encrusted studded stratocaster that then became her signature guitar cool. making that the first signature guitar for a black woman that's that awesome. fender or anyone's ever produced yeah. which i think it's important to highlight because that's i didn't even realize that that was a, i didn't know that you could buy that guitar like i thought that that was just kind of like a one-off just for like a stage thing yeah. or something yeah me but too. that became her signature wow, instrument and they, he goes on to just you know talk about how badass she is, which of course she is. She's very, very creative, and also has done a ton of collaboration with a ton of artists and stuff. Yeah. So that is pretty cool. But then, I, then, dude, I, this kind of all coalesced because I've now, the, as of like these past couple of weeks, found two more signature guitars being released for women, uh, and one is a black woman, and that is the Sister Rosetta Tharp signature 1961 Les Paul Gibson SG Custom. Right, because she was very famous for playing that, and probably the most I've, famous. I've seen that. Is that teal? It's white. Oh, white. Okay, it's alpine. Uh, anyway, he doesn't know she was. I mean, a headlining, famous black female artist toured through the Jim Crow South, largely overlooked in in sort of the years to come. But Gibson is now proud to partner with her estate. They're doing not only a Gibson version, which is super sick, but they're doing an Epiphone version. Bring it, man! Which is fucking awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, prices are, you know, not not going to be cheap on the Gibby. It's a custom shop instrument. Yeah. I think those I looked it up. Those are sixty seven hundred, but the Epiphone's eight forty nine. Yeah, a lot of people are going to buy that guitar. And those high end Epiphones, like those quote unquote custom Epiphones, right. are always like better than just like their you know the standard. Models those are always band. awesome guitars. Yeah, they're great honestly. guitars. I remember even like in the st- like the Epiphone Les Paul standards that came out when I was at CME. I thought they were good guitars. Yeah, I've been. But I am super excited. I want to I want to pick up the Gibson one because. Yeah. I'd yeah, be baby. Because I mean, I want you know, I want one so bad. It's just I have a hard time with a three pickup thing always. But yeah, that's always been your thing. Dang, those are so awesome. But not only that. So not only is there another a signature guitar that, or two signature guitars for Sister Rosetta Tharp, but also I saw this week. Do you know Noveler, uh, the guitarist Sarah Libstate? She's mm-hmm. she's mostly famous for doing these really interesting sort of loop based. Uh, kind of like soundscapey, atmospheric guitar compositions, but then also has done a bunch of signature or um, 
studio type work and and then i can't remember who it was but i think she was in iggy pop pops band recently really? yeah but she was just given a new signature yamaha Revstar. So you have Revstar Professional RSP-02T, which also, if you don't know that body shape, kind of vaguely, I mean, Yamaha's been making this shape for a long time, but it's it's sort of vaguely SG, but maybe a little sharper. Okay. <clears throat> but it's got a chambered body, five-way switching, and I thought this is cool. It's got a push-pull focus switch that boosts the mids and the lows for my buddy Dave, you know which makes it a marge- majorly dark vibe shift. So it just, it, I, I'm, I was like, I went down this rabbit hole. I've been like, man, it's crazy that they're like, I can't believe there are just really aren't signature female guitarists, uh, guitars out there. And then within like, as I start to unravel it, like, I find this email from Gibson and then I see this post by novel. I'm just like, wow, it's, it's actually, oh, this, and these were like new, yeah, these new were things. New yeah. Wow, so it's, it's, yeah, I, I couldn't believe that it all sort of came together like that way, but I just, I felt like it was important to talk about because I feel like we've, we've talked a bit about signature guitars and stuff on here, but you know, it's, it, we certainly haven't um, talked about this, like the role of, of women. So I, I don't know. I, can, did I, did, can you think of any that I missed? You that know, who have one? Yeah, any sort of... Does the Alabama Shakes uh, lead, oh, lead front man, front woman have one? Oh, uh, I don't do that. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but you're, I think she does have... Is it? It's a it's a teal SG, I think. Which she plays in sort of reverence to Sister Rosetta. Yes, yes, with the P90s. Does it have P90s? I okay, think so. I, and is it an Epiphone or is it a Gibson? I can't might be an Epiphone, I think actually. It might, there might be an Epiphone. That'd be pretty fucking cool. Which is very cool. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, have, you ever, have you ever owned a signature instrument i had the getty lee jazz the bass, getty lee jazz yeah, bass. which is a fantastic instrument on yeah. its own when i look at signature instruments the few things that i don't like um and i've played a couple others but the things i don't like is when it's too much like that person's identity and you're like oh i have to play like the it. um the first one that comes to mind is the matt bellamy uh manson guitars sure, from right. you know from Muse. like if you're not a with Muse a big fan, freaking chaos pad on it you right know? like if you're not a muse fan yeah. then you shouldn't have it yeah that kind of thing like um like the jocko jazz bass they they reissued the fretless oh they did i didn't realize yeah, i mean it makes sense of course and it's you know it's a it's a great instrument Do they make it a fretted and then pull frets out yeah it's got the lines yeah you know not you know and it's it's uh it's cool you can buy the relic version it's very expensive at custom shop yeah but uh the point is it's kind of like if you own that someone's like oh he plays like jocko you're you know, playing like jocko stuff like yeah. with the uh the getty i always felt like it was just a reissue of a 70s jazz bass essentially you know in 1972 jazz yeah so i always true. liked that i was like i didn't what play, are yeah i guess I didn't what play is, the, what is the, there are there there must be some sort of tweaks like are there special pickups or electronics yeah. or something so apparently he sanded the neck down okay and that was kind of the main thing was he flattened it out the radius oh, oh usually no they kidding. have like unlike your p bass yeah they have like a, a round radius he flattened it out so it's a it's a wide flat neck. Oh, okay cool it's interesting um it's not wide but it's f- super flat uh-huh. and that's why i liked it because it was just easy to play for me i don't have the the biggest hands but the, the electronics are just normal jazz bass i think so you know i feel like maybe it's stereo output or something like that well the remember. the rick definitely was but the rick of sound the rick of sound he definitely rocked that stereo <laughs> but yeah um you know who should have one do you know who tal wilkenfield is she's oh, a bass yeah. player who plays she with probably Jeff has Beck, some actually. sort of like custom bass or so something, well no right? she plays i i know this for a fact she plays a uh, 1971 original finish uh lake placid blue p bass with a white pickguard and it's it's all green and like aqua color looking and i think with a rosewood uh, uh we talk about that color a lot because you can't buy it you can only yeah have, find it you can only aged. find it like aged like that mm-hmm. yeah or maybe a custom shop could try but it, it but just never looks exactly nope, like that nope and hers is original and it's and she's like playing that like famously with the Jeff Beck Dude, band. Fender, if you're listening, or any of our bass friends, perhaps uh, some of our buddies over at Chicago's finest, Lakeland, uh, for instance. Yes. 
could get in contact because I think you're right. I think she, yeah, she, I mean, she's been shredding since she was like 10. She's like a jazz bass, like, you know, so good. And then now she plays like rock and blues. That version of that Jeff Beck group at Ronnie Scott's that, that is just like one of my favorite live things of all yeah. time. Yeah. Um, she's a beast. I was trying to think if there was any, cause there's anybody you could think of who, who might deserve a, a signature instrument. Is, I do like that question. I had not even thought about it. Hmm. You know, I, there was, I, I could see that band Black Midi, the lead singer, guitar player, dude, who he does some really weird stuff, and they're and they're pretty hip and popular right now. Yeah. I could see that dude getting a signature guitar. Um, I also, oh, you know who else I didn't mention? Yvette Young. She has a signature guitar. Uh, she plays a signature Ibanez, oh, Hellman, cool. and she absolutely fucking shreds. Awesome. Oh, I can't believe that's wow. That one just popped into my head. And that is that's a cool guitar. It's like a, a based on the Talman. Yeah, Talman. I don't know how you say that word. Do you have you ever owned a signature? Aside from Alan Lester's, um, see, I don't yeah. know if that counts. You know, I mean, like, I, it, there's it, that it, debate. It's transcended. It's, it's, it literally know, says Les Paul's signature model. You know, you know what's there, really but. funny, dude? Um, my buddy swung by last night, and he's not a guitar guy. Mm-hmm. He was the one who sent me that really ugly All the one. Real yeah. Logo. So he was in town. And he was like, "Hey, we'll grab a beer." And we were talking. And we started talking about Les Pauls because he didn't know Les Paul was a guitar player. Oh, okay. Like he didn't, and he's like, "Dude, I started listening to Les Paul just like on shuffle," and he's like, "He's fucking phenomenal." I'm like, "That's why he's they named the guitar after him, dude." dude. I had an ex who literally thought my guitar was called a Le Paul. <laughs> that's that's yeah. funny. Like French. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess it like there there was the Paul that, that the was Paul? a guitar that came out. It was. Out. It was. Uh, um but I have, yeah, I I guess well, we've talked about it on the show, my I'm friend. I'm sure we have. Uh and you've probably played it. I owned a signature PRS S E Mike Mushock baritone. That's right. Uh for those who don't know, the man behind uh what was this band stained uh and that was such an interesting guitar because it's it was a beautiful instrument it does not look like the sort of thing that you'd play butt riffs on but man that was a that was a, an amazing instrument and yeah. i can't remember, i traded it for something really good i can't like i wouldn't have gotten rid of that just for nothing and i i definitely i can't remember what it is off the top of my head but i definitely and now i don't think about it, i don't I you traded something yeah I de- it was definitely part of a trade and it's for something that i have now maybe but how it, long did you own that thing for couple years okay. it was you know in and out i'd always wanted it and i got one for a good deal and they've gotten a lot more expensive now and i kind of honestly in some ways regret getting rid of it i mean i can't again i can't remember what i traded it for to know if it was the deal was worth it or not but i do remember that being an awesome guitar all right i got another question yeah if there was a signature model that you could purchase now of any of the signatures that are out right now or even if it's like coming out soon is there anything that you would consider Purchasing. Those Annie Clarks are fucking sick. I would yeah. definitely want to have one of those. those. Yeah. And I've I've never owned an Ernie Ball guitar, and I've always wanted to. Yeah, and there's such a cool like finish and just a beautiful. Though, I mean, oh, there's some like there's like a black sparkle one that mm-hmm. I really like. Actually, to be totally honest, the other one that is also Ernie Ball and Jimmy has a John Petrucci Majesty that mm-hmm. I think is the finest example of a shredder of mm-hmm. uh, just like a fast it's sort of high performance supercar of a guitar. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the best one of those I've ever played. So I do, I do want to have one of those as well. And oh, oh man, this is fun because all the guitars I want are very garish. I also really want the signature Kirk Hammett ESP, like the really expensive custom shop one. That's like eight or 10 grand that we saw at Nam. Yes. In the sparkly, either per- there was a sparkle red and a sparkle purple. <laughs> I think the purple would be, the I way think to the go. purple's kind of the way to go, but the red was so cool too. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I'd, I've never had a purple guitar. He's always made me think of the color purple for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Big, big Oprah fan. And, uh, I, I don't know. I think those would be the, those three, 
I'm trying to think if there are any other ones. What, what, which one do you want? Um, or ones? Yeah, well, the, the one that comes to mind the first that I would have no shame in buying, because that's the other thing about it. Like, some of them are like, like I was saying before, it's like, someone's like, oh, that's your thing. And Sick Ingve, bro. This one's a little bit, like, uh, a little bit almost there, but it's the Sting signature. Cause it's, now, check this out. It's the uh, 53 Precision Base, uh-huh. which was, bef- uh, after the slab, they carved down the top, so it's got a so it's not contoured a, It's not going to rip your arm it's apart. It's not going to rip your arm off. And it's the just the simple sunburst. You know, I think they were made in Japan. The funny thing is, the only thing you can tell that it's a Sting version and not like just a reissue mm-hmm. is uh, well the upper horn, the upper contour, but also on the twelfth fret, there's his signature. Oh fuck! Yeah, in a in a is, in a in a wide like ivory block I, inlay. I, I can picture this. It, I've seen it before. It's been dude. referred to as the Stingley. Oh my god! And. Uh, it's the only thing you can tell that oh, yeah, that, that makes it a Sting signature. So I think I could get around it, though, because they sound pretty cool. Stingly. Do, do you and I a, do want, like, the old-style Tele P-Base. You've always, always been. Do you, yeah. have a, uh, do you have a Sting impression? Roxanne! Yeah, I was just going to go, like, <laughs> fuck this! Do a, a line from Dune or some, some such. Yeah, if I could think of one. Yeah, oh, so man, I don't like, know. Yeah, like, those, I think I would... I, yeah, of all yeah, I kind of want all those guitars now. I'm Thanks, trying to Dave. think. I think I have another one though. Oh, the Gary Clark Jr. Uh, Gibson's really cool. I think those are dude. So are the you know the Chris Cornell. I don't yes. know if they're making those anymore, but those Chris Cornell 335s were fucking amazing. With the it had like filter trying pickups and they have and the like a color. they did like the olive green or mm. something. Oof. And then there's always the uh, the Dave Grohl the DG 335. Dude. I mean, those are valuable guitars. I. Had oh no man, have we ever gone an episode without saying that fuck butt's name? Nope. I still love him though. I know. It's so hard not to. Yeah. Well, buddy, this has been a fun one. Yeah, man. A juicy one. A juicer. Not quite a beefer, but definitely juicer. <laughs> so, folks, if you made it this far with us, thanks. We're really thankful that you listen to us jibber jab our jaws uh, all day back and forth at each other. And again, if you did make it this far, why don't you go make some music? <laughs>